0: There is no other king, and he's your king, Heights Baptist. Worship your king this morning. Amen, amen. Happy Easter. So good to see everybody here and gathering and celebrating our resurrected, our conquering king. Did you hear some of the lines in that video? No other king defeats a dominion of darkness and evil with grace. And with peace. No other king gives his life for the rebels. Oh, he is the glorious king. He is the living son of God. He is the savior of the world. He reverses the curse for you and for me. He is more wonderfully terrifying than we can imagine. I love those two words put together. Wonderfully Terrifying, what does that even mean? you know, as I was trying to think about that that, that video and, and then putting those words together, this passage came to my mind. Look up here, Romans chapter one, verse four: He was declared to be the Son of God in power, according to the spirit of holiness, by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ, our Lord, through whom we have received. Grace. You know folks, I think if we stop and realize, for real, right here, right now, there is a presence, there is a power, there is a person that actually is the king of all kings, the king eternal that has all power and authority, who conquers even death. That's terrifying. Such a person, such a power exists. And yet it is through that very king that we wonderfully get to experience life and grace and forgiveness. That's our king. Boy, those are some pretty uh, lofty claims made about Jesus Christ, aren't they? I I, I suppose that a, uh, a skeptic could rightly step back right here and say, you know, a lot of claims made about a lot of people, a lot of gods, a lot of claims made by a lot of people, by a lot of gods. Who knows? Who knows how to sort through if any of that is true, if, if any of that is real? That's a very fair question, which Jesus profoundly answers at the resurrection. The resurrection absolutely distinguishes him, makes him unique above all other claims. And if somebody is intellectually honest and looks at the historical evidence, listens to the eyewitness accounts, they can come to no other conclusion other than that Jesus Christ is alive. Is that a statement of faith? Oh, it absolutely is. It absolutely takes faith to say that, to believe that. But it's not the faith of myths and legends and fairy tales. It is a faith based on evidence. He is our king. And he is alive. Now, what are we supposed to do with that? What are we supposed to do with that idea, with that king here in 2019 America. Well, let's, let's just keep this real simple. We come to our King and we live for our King. Let, let's kind of focus just for a moment on those two simple ideas this Easter morning. Come to our King. You know, it was God the Father who sent the Son into the world To accomplish, to do a variety of things, to show a variety of things, but ultimately mostly to go to the cross and to die for your sins and for my sins. It was God's the Father's plan that the Son was accomplishing, that the Son was fulfilling. Because God loved you. Even though you have sinned, even though you and I have rebelled and rejected that God, you know i I don't know about you, but when, when I consider myself as a, a a religious person as a as a spiritual person i I know I haven't done everything I should do, I know I've done some things I should not have done but but i don't I would not normally think of myself as rebellious against God. I wouldn't think of myself as rejecting God. And I would be wrong. And so would you. Grossly wrong. You and I have rebelled against God and rejected God in more ways, in more places, and in more times than we can even fathom or understand. And yet, God loves Boy, we count on that, don't we? If, if there's a God, I don't even know if I believe in the idea of their God. But if there's a God, I hope, I hope he's loving. <laughs> he is loving. And, and he's just. You know, love and justice, those two ideas, they, they go together. It's love. See, we count on love overlooking any problem. No, it's love that demands justice. It's love that demands wrongs. Be made right. You know, there's a lot to think about, a lot to understand when we talk about the cross. I mean, I, I could like start today and preach for the next two, 10 Sundays and I'd just be skipping across the surface. Why is there a cross? Why the blood? Why death? What difference does it make that somebody dies for me? Why do I need somebody to to die for me? What all was going on at the cross? Who is on the cross? What's the product of the cross? There are so many things to understand there. But could I kind of just put it in one sentence for us today? Folks, at the cross, Jesus makes an opportunity for you to be able to stand before the living God and be called righteous. That's what Jesus does there. And the Father loves the Son for having done that for you and for me. L- listen to the Father respond to the birth, the life, And the death of Jesus. I want to read from Philippians chapter 2. Philippians is a letter written by the Apostle Paul to the church at Philippi. and, And he says this. Though Jesus was God. He did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead Jesus gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave. And was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and he died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, in light of what Jesus did, in response to what Jesus did, God the Father elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names. That at the name of Jesus... Every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's how the Father responded to what Jesus did. Amen. Go ahead and applaud it. Don't kind of do it. <laughs> Folks, it is It is in love with that Jesus, it is in respect for that Jesus, that we bow. Physically, literally bow before our King. And we receive Him as our Savior and as our Lord. And really from that moment on, just walk through life trusting That Jesus is God's answer to me. He's God's answer for my sin and failure. He's God's answer for my death. He's God's answer for my desire, my pursuit of life and and meaning and, and purpose and fulfillment. Jesus is God's answer. And what an answer it is. The King of all kings. And you and I have the opportunity to freely, by faith, bow before that king, receive him into our lives, or be conquered and bow. Conquered. God will conquer. You did hear what I just read every knee, not just the knee of the faithful, not just the the knee of the churchgoer, every knee will bow. Every tongue will say, Jesus is King. Every knee, every tongue, some by faith, many by having been conquered and then going into their judgment. Now, I would trust here on a on an Easter morning, there's a lot of us that are going to say, well, I'm, I, I'm a Christian. I, 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 I've done that. There was a place in my life where I did that, and that's awesome. But do you realize that bowing before Jesus is not an event to do? It's a life to live. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness And all these things will be added to you. Seek first. Now that that word there, first, does not mean like first like I've got eight things to do today. And the first thing I'm going to do is. No, it's first like in the sense of preeminence. Preeminence. First, as in, first and foremost. First, if you do nothing else in life, if you accomplish nothing else in life, first, as in, there's really only one thing, only one priority. Seek the kingdom of God. I don't know about you, and I've never lived in a kingdom, but every kingdom I've ever heard of has one thing in common. They have a king. And it seems like that king often anticipates ruling. When Jesus says, seek the kingdom of God, what he's saying is, you need to seek my rule in your life. Not just like in in some kind of general way, every day, all day, in this decision, in this relationship, in this problem, in this opportunity. What does it look like for me to show that Jesus is king in this moment? That's really all we do. And do you realize... What an incredible thing Jesus is doing in sharing that with us. Because it's our tendency to go running after so many different things. We're looking for fulfillment. We're looking for revenge. We're looking for our identity. We're looking for our worth. We're looking for meaning. And we will make kings. We will make gods out of almost anything and everything. Now, us Americans, we're a lot smarter than that, aren't we? No, no, no. We don't go running after a lot of things. We have a priority list. God, family. There's a lot fighting for third place, isn't there? God, God, family, country. God, family, work. Oh, we think that's so smart. You know, we live by our priorities. You realize that whole living by a priority thing is a total lie. And not one person in here has ever done it. No, 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 not, not the God family. No, you haven't. Not not even close. You know what a priority list? All that is is a list of the competitors in your life. The competitors for your time, your attention, your money, your energy, your effort. And I mean, for the average person in this room, where does our time, energy, and effort go? To work. It doesn't matter if I like my job or don't like my job. It doesn't matter if I think that should be number one or not. That's just the reality of where most of us are going to spend our waking hours for decades. Clearly, that's the priority. It has everything I've got. And when I come limping home from that, yeah, you know, family's right there in second place, kind of trying, right? You know, folks, if we really are measuring what has a priority in our life by things like our time, our effort, our energy, our values, our money. The reality is we're really living for things that on a piece of paper we call third and fourth and seventh. And most of the time, one and two are just one and two on a piece of paper. And at some point, we're going to realize Hey, I don't, I don't think I've dumped all myself into something that maybe counts forever. <laughs> I'm not sure I've really done the right thing. And, and, and boy, that can lead to some real guilt, some real frustration. So that's why I say Jesus is really saying, hey, listen, don't, don't do that. Don't waste your life. Don't find out after 37 years. Oh, that wasn't it. No, no, no. You don't have to run after a lot of things. Just one thing. My rule is. In your life, it's not that I don't still have relationships and I still have successes and failures and I, I still have to go to work. No, it's that I've got one priority in anything and everything I'm doing Jesus being king. I think Colossians chapter 3 explains this so well. Look at this up here. Whatever you do, you're a sixth grade little league ball player. Or you're a stay-at-home mom, or you're a soldier, or you're an accountant, or you're a salesman, or you're a a sophomore. Whatever you do, work heartily for your boss. No, not going to do that. Work heartily for that teacher. No, they're unfair. Work heartily for your coach. No, he never put me on the first string. You know, we got a passage here that says, whatever you're doing, give it your all. Whatever you're doing, give it your very best. I and mean, it's a wonderful idea. Do you know why often we don't? Because of the person in front of us. They're mean. They're a jerk. They're taking credit for what I did. They're, they're not going to give me credit. They're not going to give me what I deserve. I mean, there's a lot of us that can't give our very best because of that boss, because of that teacher, that coach, that, that parent, whatever. Jesus says, no, 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 no. Look right behind them. I'm standing there. Oh, no, I get it. You you get that paycheck, that grade, that spot on the team. I know that's a lot in this moment. I'm not saying don't go get that. But just realize in everything you're doing, at the end of the day, I sign the big check. At the end of the day, I sign the check that lasts forever. At the end of the day, realize in everything you do, you serve King Jesus. That's who we're serving. Hey, are you walking through a failure right now? My only priority, the only thing I need to figure out is as I come through this failure, what shows Jesus is my king? Maybe you maybe you're just got a big victory. Hey, at the end of this victory, what shows Jesus is my king? Are you a husband? A wife? Are you single? You know, in that role, your only responsibility is to show Jesus is your king. I, I, I didn't know that. Well, what does a husband do to show Jesus as king? Well, I'm glad you asked. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25 to 27. Wives, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22 to 24. will show you exactly what it looks like when Jesus is reigning as king in your life, as a husband, as a wife. Singles? Did you know that the scripture has a purpose for the single life? Do you know that it describes what a single life looks like when Jesus is king? First Corinthians chapter 7, verse 32 and following. Show me a problem, show me a priority, show me a relationship, show me an opportunity, and I'll show you biblical instruction on how to live in that in a way that shows Jesus is your king. That's all we gotta do. And Jesus makes this incredible promise. When we make everything about Him, I mean, we actually start to live that way. It's not on a piece of paper that we actually don't do anything with. No, when we're actually living that way, He brings life all together. Isn't that the promise He made in 633? Seek first my kingdom and righteousness, and I'll add all these things to you. What things? All those things you're running around killing yourself over. All of those things, you try this and then you try that and you bring this pain into your life and then that rejection and you're running around. No, no, listen, I'll bring it. I'll bring all the things you're trying to put together. I'll bring all the things that aren't working together. I'll bring. You know what's incredible about that promise? You do realize he's king whether you're blessed by it or not. Do you understand that? He is the king of all kings. He sits on a throne today, whether there's some benefit in your life or not. So how amazing when he says, hey, you know, when you acknowledge me as king, when you live for me as king, there's really all these good things that can come together in your life. He doesn't need to make that promise to us. He is worthy of my every moment, whether I get something from it or not. Oh, folks, one priority in life, one thing to do this week, in this, whatever this is, whatever this is in front of me, in the next step, in this, show Jesus to be my king. You say, wait, 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 wait. No, it it, it sounds like I just, I kind of get lost in that. What about my agenda? What about my desires? What about my values and priorities? It, it sounds like that just all gets lost. And now it's, it's only about Jesus' agenda and Jesus' priorities and, and Jesus' values. Nailed it. <laughs> if, if, if that's what you heard me saying, you yep, that's it. We're done. <laughs> that, that's the whole thing. Why? Why would I do that? I mean, that's a very fair question. Why would I give away everything that is me and just live for him? Because there's only one king eternal. And he died for you. And he rose for you. That's why we do that. Oh, folks, Jesus is not something we do in life. Jesus isn't um, the most important thing we do in life. Jesus is the thing we do in life. The resurrection proves it. The resurrection demands it. So what do we do? What what do we do at the face of the resurrection? What do we do before our living king? Number one, we come to our king. We can mock that idea and some will. We can reject that idea and and look to other things to be king. Self is a very popular one. We can just ignore the whole thing. But every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. By faith, see that day coming. And choose by faith to bow before your king today and receive him as your Savior and Lord. You know, there's an opportunity for you today to look back and say, Easter 19 changed my life. There'll be a day 10,000 years from now in heaven. Easter 2019. Come to your king. And secondly, we live for our king. We live for him. You know the way Jesus said, live for me? He said, follow me. That was his invitation all the way through the Scriptures. Follow me. Whether he was talking to an individual or whether he was talking to a large crowd, follow me. Hey, follow me. Have you ever thought about this? Follow me into your Bible. Follow me into your prayers. Follow me to my people. Follow me to my life. And find yours. Let's pray. Oh Lord, our King. I would pray for for everyone here in this room, everyone watching online. We realize there's only one prayer I ever need to pray. My King. How do I take this next step? My King, what shows you're my King in this? And in that, we most rightly celebrate the death and resurrection of the King of all kings, the mighty King, the eternal King, the conquering King, our Savior. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.